The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You're listening to NBC Sports Radio. Weekends. This is the Two Robbies Football Show, your number one source for Premier League football on NBC Sports Radio. Now, here are your hosts, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio and NBCSportsRadio.com. We're back. After what seemed like a very long international break, and have we got stuff to talk about, Mr. Earl? Wow. Two big new managers in the Premier League. We all know about Sam Allardyce, mm. but Jurgen Klopp, what a personality, what a character. He had his first game today, nil-nil, away at White Hart Lane against Spurs. And I think there was obvious things that we saw what his team did without the ball, but he wasn't too happy afterwards about what his team did with the ball. The problem of the game, when we had the ball, we were not cool enough. We didn't use our skills. We didn't use our skills, we um, were a little bit too hectic, yeah, a little bit too eager, maybe. I'm not sure, but <laughs> nervous, something like this. It's great, isn't it? We're all on what we call clock watch, <laughs> clock time, cloppage, whatever you want to call it, we're watching the man on the side of the pitch. And I've got to be honest, Rob, it was one of those days where he was slightly more entertaining than the game. You, you see his communication, his man management skills, he's grabbing players over, he's talking to them, he's animated. Very different, I, I thought, from Brendan Rodgers, who often, I think, likes to act a certain way, put on a certain kind of poise and, and control. You're not going to get that with Klopp. And I thought it was very honest in his assumption of the way that the game went. Yet, I thought defensively, they looked like the whole team were tuned into that. But from an attacking point of view, going forward, I didn't really see that much that would excite me or certainly excite him. We have to remember that Danny Ings is obviously out now with the injury. Benteke is still not fit. And Daniel Sturridge, which we'll come to in a little while, I'm sure, wasn't fit again. So he didn't have any of what he called his main strikers out on the pitch. But I just thought it was one of those days, if I'm giving him a school report, I would have probably said six and a half out of ten. Oh, but due to, due, due to the players that he was missing, I'm going to round that up to a seven. I saw it beautifully written, how this game was, as some journalists put it was mediocrity at a merciless, merciless pace. And I thought that summed it up perfectly. They, they played with lots of pace and lots of fire, but they didn't really play with any oh, quality today. Come on, Earl. Let's just reset here a little bit, by the way. Liverpool needs to be organised. This team needs a different direction. There was definitely 
I mean, you have to agree there was a different feel, a different vibe I, about the team. I said exactly the shape that. There was, was a, different. there was a defensive... But you sound like you're disappointed with no, it all. No, no, I'm, I'm not disappointed, but hold on. We're talking about the, 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 the new Messiah coming in, the normal one coming in. What I'm saying is, Rob, there is work to do with this group of players. It, it's a two-year job to get this team fighting in the top four. It's not just going to happen. And... and Liverpool fans might just have to accept that they're not going to be expansive at times as they were under Brendan a couple of years ago. Remember them, them beating, uh, scoring five goals at Whitehall Lane with the Suarez and people were flying for them. I'm not sure those days are going to be that current at the moment until he gets that defensive side right now. It's all about balance, Rob. You know with teams sometimes you have to rein in a bit of that attacking to yeah. be a little bit more defensive or you go on the front foot a little bit like Brendan Rodgers and say, we'll kind of outscore you. We'll, we'll be better with the ball than you were. And so, you know, getting the balance between the players and, and the players understanding what he wants and how he wants it is going to take some time, I think, for it to settle in. I'd give him an 8 out of 10, considering Ooh, considering the injuries, considering the amount of days he's had to train, considering mm-hmm. a different system, considering a different philosophy and approach to the, the game. I thought, for the most part, this was was. If I'm a Liverpool fan, and Liverpool fans out there, call us, tell us. We've got a lot of tweets from them about mm. the encouragement that they've got from them. But I, I just think if they can keep this as a base in terms of their defensive shape, 4-2-3-1. Yeah. Not Brendan changed it to 3-5-2 and all these different systems. I think that's going to be set. They're going to have to worry about more about pressing, organization, working very, very hard than anything else. Yes, when they got the ball, it wasn't very good. And we can go on and talk about what they're lacking and what they need in the future and the players to come back. But just as a base... And it's a kind of a different approach. Uh, I thought it was very good. Ooh, and really, eight out of ten doesn't, doesn't leave a lot of room to, to improve, Robbie. Yeah, but just, I'm just considering. With you. Just but considering. I, considering the options, yeah. But this guy is also listen. This guy's won league titles and won cha- got to Champions League finals. So we're talking about a quality manager here, and, and I believe it will take time. And I will believe with some different players. I don't think with, the, with this whole group of players, he can get what he wants. He'll get the style that he wants. He, there will be some in, a, in and out over the next couple of transfer windows. But we've got to particularly look at, at the, the forward positions, Rob, because in his ideal system, Klopp plays with one centre-forward. Now, who is that centre-forward mm. going to be? Is it going to be Daniel Sturridge? Because I'm asking the question, can you be reliant on Daniel Sturridge for a season of football to get you where you want to be. This guy is proving fragile. He's proving unreliable. He's proving lack of, uh, a lack of robust um, steel to his but game. He's now he's, picking, he's, got quality, he's got great Robin. quality, Robert, and, and that's the thing. But do you keep hanging on for him? Do you keep going through the injuries? Or eventually do you have to say, I have to go a different way? Well, Benteke is the other guy, and he's an expensive signing. He is more robust. He's injured right now. But for the most part... He is, he is a number nine striker that probably fits the best. That being said, we all know what Klopp wants. He wants an intelligent striker that's going to work very hard to close down to start. My mm-hmm. question to you, and I'm, I'm worried about this, is Christian Benteke got enough work ethic, enough good attitude to close down and start off the movement of everybody else around him? Or is he going to be a little bit lazy? Is he fit enough, Rob, to do the job? I mean, again, this is all without the ball mm. to start the ball rolling. And I'm not saying that, that, that Sturridge is any better at that, but he's a little bit quicker and sharper to do that. I worry that Benteke yeah. hasn't got enough uh, energy, athleticism, to do that pressing, that high-press game. See, I worry less. I, I think he, he, his frame suits him better. I think you, you miss... 
you're not giving him enough credit for what he did at an Aston Villa team that struggled, Rob. They didn't make that many chances, but he continued to get his goals. He continued to work hard for the team. He never kind of was one in the paper saying he wanted to get away, etc., etc. I think his attitude's good. I think Klopp will like working with the young player. We saw him with Origi a couple of times today. The arm over the shoulder, the encouragement of what he wants. Yeah. I think Benteke will be his type of player. And I actually think it might do Sturridge a flavour where Daniel Sturridge can drift from that right-hand side where we see him come in on his left foot, from that left-hand side where he can join in with his combination play. I just think he'll find a way to get them both in the team. But maybe taking Storage out of that central position might just save him one or two knocks, Rob, because I'm just worried with Daniel Storage how robust he's going to be over the course of a season to lead Liverpool back into the top four. What about the rest of the team, Rob, and the shape of the team and the 4-2-3-1, the James Milner mm. to the to the right-hand side? Yeah. And I was surprised Coutinho that Coutinho was a, yeah. on the left and, and Lallana was the little playmaker. First of all, do you like this shape? Do you like Chan in the centre of midfield? There's a few I positional do. things we've got to talk yeah. about too. One of the things I did like was Emre Chan in, the, in, in yeah. the role that I think he's best to. I think he's a powerhouse. I think he can grow into that role. I think you've still, remember Jordan Henderson's to come back into the team as well, which will give them a little bit more power and a little bit more, I just think, personality in, in the middle of the port. But no Chan I liked. Coutinho, I think, will have to find his position. I, I much prefer him in the 10 role where he can dictate play, where he can play clever passes, where he can get between the lines. But maybe away from home, that, that Klopp's looking at other things. And one thing that Coutinho will have to do, and I, I, was, I was sort of watching this during the game, he's going to have to do his other side of the game, Rob. He's going to have to do his defending. Yes. He's going to have to chase. He's going to have to block in. Because if he, if he doesn't do that, Klopp will have him out and he'll have somebody in in this system. Let's try and kind of fast forward a little bit and you know mm. Liverpool fans want to know about you know where's this club going I mean it's a massive appointment and it's mm. huge for Liverpool it's a it's a big big call the biggest call from John Henry and Fenway Sports Group yeah transfers Klopp Oof. can only make this club great again by signing great players at not great fees now I know that's difficult I know there's silly competition but that's what he done at Dortmund that's what he needed to do to get them to the top is he going to be given the, the, the free reign, mm. almost the free, free reign of the transfer market to make Liverpool great? Do you know, do you know what, I, what I most like about this guy is that he's got the personality that he isn't going to accept things that he doesn't want. And you see that in his, his interviews. You see that in the way he conducts himself. You saw that the day he signed. I don't think he's a guy who's going to be given players and have his reputation tainted for, for people that aren't, aren't his own. I think he will be... Listen, I'm not going to say he's going to disband this committee, but this committee will work how he wants it to work. It will go and look for the players he wants to look at. It will bring in the players that he wants to bring to the football club. Because having waited this, or this while yeah. to, to get him, I don't think he's going to uh, taint he, what he's done in the game, Rob, on people, other people's kind of cast-offs. Or, or, you know, this is a player for you, Jurgen Klopp. Well, I don't think he's that kind of man. I don't think he's going to accept it. Maybe where Brendan Rodgers wasn't in that position yet, hadn't got the standing in the game yet that, that Klopp has. Oh, good stuff, mate. So much to talk about. We've got to talk about Chelsea getting back on form, United as well, Arsenal. Kind of a day that most of the big boys won the mm. game. But we've got to take a break. We'll be back with more after this. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio. Um, to summarise and to kind of finish up with the Liverpool chat, the Jurgen Klopp chat, we'd like this show to be interactive. We take phone calls. We certainly read tweets. I just want to read a few tweets about Liverpool and, and this new look uh, set up. And, and Radu Mar Marineska uh, tweets, it will take time for a system to be implemented at Liverpool. 
It will be more defensive squad, not enough offense yet. I agree with that. Swedish car, 850. Pass the eye test for me. We look a different side watching how he hugged Lalana. Shows how much he cares for the lads. Will Dickerson tweets, got a lot out of injured squad with limited practice coming off of an international break. It's only going to get better. And finally, from Scotto, cool dude. I'll have a few beers with him for sure anytime. Now, talking of, of dudes, not sure he's a cool dude, but I wouldn't mind having a few beers one day with Sam Allardyce. He's back in the Ooh. game, Sunderland manager. Mm. They lost 1-0 today, mm. Rob, on a controversial moment. I feel for, for, for Big yep. Sam and for, for Sunderland because it was a foul on the goalkeeper, but Barry Hino got the goal. What do you think of this other big appointment in the last couple of weeks? Well, let me tell you what you will with Big Sam. You'll have plenty of beers because Sam can put a few away, <laughs> believe me. I've drunk him a couple of times. But now he's, he's Big Sam because he, he's got the big physique, the big personality, but also he doesn't mind making big calls that sometimes can be unpopular but are in the best interest of his football club. And I think it's a good uh, appointment yeah. for, for Sunderland. I think he will go in there. They've conceded 19 goals already this season, Rob. So it tells you where the problems are. He'll go in there and he'll organise and he'll sort that out. He'll get the, the midfield sitting a little bit deeper. He'll, he'll give the back four better responsibility and they'll stop conceding the goals. And eventually, they'll find a way of, of playing forward. Now, some might say, listen, you might look at these group of players and say, they ain't world beaters. They're not going to be. They're not going to outskill the opposition. So we might have to do it in a different way. We might have to get the ball forward a little bit quicker. We might have to hit yeah. certain areas in the pitch and win knockdowns and play from there. But he'll do that. He'll get some results. He'll get some confidence, and he'll start to build things up. And, and I don't think he's, he's what twenty nine games left is enough games for Sam Allardyce to make sure that Sunderland stay in the in the Barclays Premier League. It's a proper proper appointment and mm. you know we've seen so many come and go before and that you were kind of thinking well yeah this could be a good fit for, for Sunderland and he might do okay and Poyet and De Canio and everybody else and, mm. and Avocat this is a proper appointment and I think I, I listened uh, very closely to Samuel Dice's uh, pre-match um, press conference and he said he's had a he had an early meeting straight away with Ellis Short straight away because he knows Robbie Earl how important mm. it is Correct. to have a, a, a close relationship with his owner and I think yeah. that's experience I think like you said if he feels he needs new players he's going to go straight to the top and say I want A, B and C mm. whoever that might be I think it's a great appointment I think it means a difference between us all thinking that Sunderland are going to get relegated and yeah. not I think it's that important and I think he'll do a great job there and maybe this could be the best years of his career turning around a huge mm. club that is Sunderland Football Club talking of other clubs and we've got to get onto all the other the teams and the other stories Chelsea uh, two nil victories mm. against Aston Villa. I watched the game. I thought it was scrappy, yep. ugly, yep. but they get the result. Jose Mourinho afterwards just kind of talked and hinted about where he wants his team to be in a, in a little while. I keep repeating: uh, we are not afraid of being relegated. We know that in two three months' time we will be in a position where um, we have to be in in, in the top five six um, at least. Um, but in this moment, we we are not there, and we need points. Brilliant, Josie, isn't it? We're not going to be, we're not worried about relegation. Listen, they're not going down. They'll be somewhere there around the top four. They, they've obviously left it, going to leave it uh, a little bit late, but they'll start on a run. I expect results to start picking up. Interesting that about the players who weren't playing today. I saw something about Hazard and Hazard in that. The team needs to defend better and have that focus, and that's why he was rested. Ivanovic. I think fortunately for most Chelsea fans, it yeah. got an injury in the international break, so he wasn't available. The, the, the defence managed to um, keep a clean sheet for the for, for first time for a long time. 
I just think with Chelsea, listen, two weeks at Weight Watchers looks like he's done Diego Costa <laughs> world of good, hasn't he? He keeps getting back on the goal scoring sheet. So, listen, it, it's they're in the position now, Chelsea, where it's not particularly about how they play. It's about getting some results and putting two, three, four results back to back and then it will start coming back again and then the touches on the ball and then the quality players will start playing with a bit of confidence because all those things are important, uh, Robbie, as you know, wherever you're playing, you've got to be playing you with a little what, bit of confidence. Though, you know what? And I, and I know where you're coming from and you're probably 80% right. But I don't know whether this Chelsea team is ever going to be back to where we've seen it. And I watched a game today, and mm. I know we've been there when you're struggling, and any kind mm. of win will do, and that's what we saw. But it still wasn't good today. It still, I still didn't see Cesc playing at his level. I still saw, you know, a, a, a disjointed. I know it's going to be, you know, without the confidence, they aren't going to be mm. as good. But I still think there's a way to go. They got an own goal today. They got a gift from Brad Guzan and made a bad yeah. mistake. Um, what I did like, and I want to get your take on this as well, I like the back four. And I like mm. that Baba Raham, Rahman made his full debut at left back. I like the fact that Aspeliqueta, a right-footed player, is yeah. playing at right back. I like Kurt Zuma next to John Terry. So I really like the back four. Now, going into Tuesday in the Champions League, I don't know yeah. whether he's going to bring some other players back. What did mm. you think of that uh, defensive unit? Yeah, it's one of those situations where it was almost forced on him, wasn't it? There were certain situation, uh, positions that he... he, he, he didn't have suitable players, made his choice. It kept a clean sheet. And and I think Jose's one of those that he'll stay with the players who've got the shirt. You, you're not going to change too much. And if uh, he's got to obviously think about Champions League Tuesday night, the game against um, yeah. Kiev, yeah. and then they go away at West Ham next Saturday, which is going to be a difficult place to go. We know there's a real kind of animosity between those two football clubs. And so Jose's got to start thinking it through. And, and I saw in his press conference, he talked about a really big month of November where there's Champions League football, there's League Cup football, and there's Premier League football. And he's going to need his group to come through. What they need come the end of this month is to have their rhythm back to have a little bit of their poise back, to have their confidence back. And I don't care, Rob, how that comes. You put two or three results back-to-back. You go from sitting where they are in the, in the table now at uh, 11. They start getting to seven, six, seven, eight, and then they'll start to look like the Chelsea that, that we knew. I don't think they're that far away because I look at most other clubs in, in the league this year and maybe Man City apart, who are playing right at their top yeah. level. There's still plenty of room to go for, for most of these teams. Yeah, clean sheet for Chelsea today with no Ivanovic. Uh, maybe a coincidence there. Just a quick word on, on Aston Villa, Rob, and uh, mm. Tim, Tim Sherwood. And mm. I don't quite understand the, the, the big amount of pressure. People talking about yeah. he's got two games to save mm. his job. I mean, he, he saved them from relegation last year. He gets to an FA Cup final. He loses two, three of his best players. Yeah. You know, the club have a big say in who comes into the football club. A lot of young mm. players. It's going to be difficult, isn't it? It's difficult. You know what's makes it more difficult? That he's an English-born manager, and it seems that English well, or British-born do. managers don't seem to have as long, Rob. And listen, he, he's, he's had to amass a, a new squad, basically. He signed so many players in the summer window. He's got to gel them together, find the right system. Having lost the likes of, of Delph, uh, of Benteke, it, it's been a real problem for him. And I think the way that, that Tim conducts himself, and sometimes the confidence that, that he goes about, I think there's one or two people in the game who think, oh, OK, we'll, we'll wait and see. And they co- mm. they've kind of been hoping for this moment. Now, I hope he's given time. They, they're at home to Swansea next weekend, which is a huge game for them. And they just can't afford to, to keep on, on, on this poor run. 
and, and not pick up points because these decent managers out of work, Robin. That has a has a big bearing. That we certainly think that was what why Klopp got appointed. Absolutely, Robbie. Okay, we've got so much more to talk about. We'll come back. We'll talk about Manchester United. We'll talk about Arsenal. A three 0 victory. Very very good from them. We'll have a little look ahead, maybe to the games Newcastle versus Norwich City and Swansea versus Stoke. So much more to come. So much more chat debate on all things the Barclays Premier League. You're listening to Two Robbies on NBC Sports Radio and NBC Sports Radio.com. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show and Arsenal 3 0 victors at Vicarage Road to beat Watford. And I don't know about you, Robbie, but mm. I always feel with me with Arsenal that I want more, I expect more, and, I, and I'm kind of critical of Arsenal mm. because I've seen this Arsenal team under Wenger for so many years now that look so good one week and then kind of disappoint the next week and always fall short of a real championship challenge. And I think we both agree that Arsenal have got a great uh, opportunity this, this season to win the Premier League. But it took them a long time, Rob. And in the first yep. half, I thought it was back to kind of slow Arsenal. Hey, listen, I know their record's great against the mm. teams that newly promoted, and they came good in the second half. Are you with me at all, or, or are you confident when not, Arsenal play slowly as, that they're going to go on and win the game? Yeah, not as much, Rob, because uh, I, listen, you know that, that I've tipped them this time around. And, and I think we all would like to see the Arsenal that for 20 minutes destroyed Manchester United at the Emirates a, a couple of weeks ago. But that isn't always going to happen. And there's a belief and there's a confidence and they stick to what they do and they, they find a way with, with the quality that they have in the side. And, and for me, the, the, the two players were outstanding today. Alexi Sanchez. I know on the back of his shirt he has Alexi or he has Sanchez. Well, he should have his urgency because he's yeah. a guy who brings the urgency to that football club beyond any other player they have. And with his quality, when you have a player like that, he's a gift to Arsene Wenger. The other player is Mesut Ozil at the moment, Robin. He's just playing with, with a, a culture kind of creativity <laughs> that, that's unique. And Rob, I know he doesn't do it all the time yeah. and I know we get frustrated, but he can pick passes, yeah, Rob, can. that no one else on, on a game yeah. can see. He slows the game down with his touch and his ability and his vision mm. in the ways that others don't see. And we all would like more, but I think we have to understand that that just comes in moments, and sometimes we have to wait for those moments. And I just thought in the end, it, it's another you, you go away to Watford, who difficult to play against, well organised under Kike Sanchez uh, Flores, but Arsenal have come away with a 3 0 vic- victory. That's important. Now, we, Rob, we, we've got somebody on the, on the line. Let's, okay. let's just go to, to Shane from Philly. He's an Arsenal fan, I believe, and wants to discuss. I think it's more about Arsenal's AGM and, and their, rather than the performance on the pitch. But Shane, you're through to the two robbers. Shane, are you there? Shane from Philly, you're through to the two robbies. How are you? Hey. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm doing fine. Um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about um, the AGM. And I, I could talk about the performance today, too. Um, but um, as an Arsenal fan, I mean, we look at it and um, we're second in the league. Um, we have a couple of players like a Jack Wilshere and a Danny Welbeck that's, that's injured, and they'll come back eventually. I don't expect us to win the league because I really do think that we have two strikers, and I don't think they're good enough if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, I think Giroud and Walcott, um, one, Walcott is good with the pace, and Giroud, he could hold the ball up, but they're not. They're not of the quality of strikers that's going to win us the league. If you look at the league, people who win the shabby, league, Shane. they always have a good striker. Pardon? They're not too shabby, Shane. What, either one can come off the yeah. bench and, and do something, either one. Listen, this might not be a team that has a 20-goal-a-season striker. It might but, need but, a but 10 need to that. 15. 
Some teams need that. You need others, that, right? I mean, others can win it in different. You can win this title in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I look, I look back and I see like your Manchester United, your Arsenal's, everybody who won the, the the league in the past couple of years always have your Agueros. You had people like Ruud Vanessaroy, Thierry Henry, people like that. So I, I, I don't know if. Giroud or Walcott. Walcott is not consistent enough. We create, we put things on a plate for him, mm-hmm. and he'll yeah. score one out of every four chances. Let and me, I don't Shane, think that's Shane, let me let, let me say this, and uh, and it's a great yeah. question, by the way, and it's a great point, and thanks very much for the call. But I tell you what, I, I tell you what, I think is going to happen, Shane, and I want to put this to you, Robbie Earl, that, yeah. and I'm with Shane, by the way. I, I said at the start that these two strikers aren't really top level enough to go and win a Barclays Premier League. And that's what Shane's talking about. Okay. But I'll tell you, let, let, okay. let, let's, let's just find a way that they can do it. And I just thought mm. today, right, again, Walcott comes off, Drew comes yeah. on and scores. Yeah. Uh, Drew plays a game, doesn't play well, Walcott starts the next game mm. and scores. How about, and this is pretty unusual, they just keep right. flipping them. Keep, yeah, keep switching I'm, like, I'm like with so you, many I've, times, I've, I've, We I've haven't seen that re- before. I've just written down here. Combination. Yeah. Every time I see Giroud on the pitch, I think, oh, I'd like a bit of Walcott's pace. Yeah. Every time I see Walcott on the pitch, I think, oh, I'd like a, a bit of Giroud's ability <laughs> to nip the team. Yeah. So do you know what? What we might have to do with these two is say, we'll take half and half, and yeah. we'll we'll combine the goals, and if between them they get 20 goals, then that's the 20-goal season, man, because they've not sold in play. They've not had to go and sign big money. You know, they could have got rid of Theo in, in, in the summer, as some people were talking about. But listen, if they do the job and they get the goals from, from Alexis and Ramsey scoring today was important and early, making and, and goals from Cazorla and other people in the team, then you know, Walcott's to uh, well, Welbeck's to come back, there's another way that Arsenal can do it and, and I just think maybe we've got to give this Arsenal team a chance now, yes they're not going to be as exciting as we saw them against Manchester United but they find a way playing the Arsenal style of football and that's not going to change under Arsene Wenger, it's his 20th year Rob, we know that now Yeah, I mean Theo Walcott, five goals last season Rob Olivier Giroud, 14. That's 19. Theo Walcott, two of the season. Giroud, four. So, you know, percentages, and mm. if it keeps going on, maybe that's the way to go with those two. And also remember, of course, Alexis Sanchez last season got 16 goals. He's already got six this season. Arsene mm. Wenger, when we kind of we kind of complain about counter-attacks and set pieces, last season he said, we just don't, we're not scoring enough goals. Yep. You know, you don't, you don't think mm. that with Arsenal. But you know what? With this combination, with Sanchez again being in, in great shape, um, that they might actually, this time, get the amount of goals that he needs. Okay, let's quickly go to the, the phone lines again, Rob. We've got Tom from New York. Yep. Um, Tom, you're through to the two Robbies. Hi, guys. Um, I was wondering if they will ever uh, add another referee. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh, Okay, Tom. Interesting. Yeah, I know it's it's tradition, it's tradition and all that. Yeah, but it, it's too because 50 with, years with to get the, video... Goal line technology. Maybe not in our lifetime, Tom. I can't see it. Well, with, but with all the shirt, I mean, I compare it to the, the way the NHL was before they cracked down on the obstruction and the holding. After they did that, the game opened up a bit, and it was a lot more entertaining to watch. And, you know, I just can't stand the shirt pulling. Yeah. Couldn't they just, you know, make it? Don't. Anyone puts their hand on a shirt and pull, you know, Tom, uh, yellow card or, uh, or a been keeping abreast of things at FIFA and UEFA. It's a bit of a mess over there at the moment. And I, honestly, I, I can't see them making the, a... The only a, thing, 
The only thing, Rob, that that, that Tom talks of and, and that we mm. have a little bit is is the European competition. And in yeah. certain leagues around the world, they have these these extra officials the that, sides, are, that yeah. are behind the goals mm. or the side of the goal. And that's what yeah. Tom was talking about. Other mm. sets of eyes to look at a shirt pulling, etc. And I'm with him. I think those guys should do more of that. And also there's a fourth or a fifth official at the sideline, the Premier League is the fourth official, yeah. could they be more involved Active. looking mm. for, for shirt pulling, whether it's on a, on a monitor? or Because there's a long way, of course, to see from there. So I think, Tom, thanks, thanks for, for, your, for the call yeah, and for the question, call. Tom. I don't think you're ever going to see two referees on the field of play because it's always yeah. going to be a, well, well, this guy called this Wait, on this, yeah. this half and he didn't. I just think that's very complicated. Mm. But more from the others, I think, is a good shout. No, anything that, that gets us to the right decisions, that gets us better um, conditions for the players and, and safety for players and referees, same thing. I just think players, need, referees need as much help as they can, but don't think it's quite going to happen. Let, let's quickly move on to another team, Rob, who are yep. neck and neck with Arsenal at the moment, Manchester United. And I can imagine Louis van Gaal was fuming after that Arsenal defeat yep. a couple of weeks ago before the international break, but... He would have needed a team a performance from his team at Everton today, and I think he's pretty satisfied with what he saw. Louis, first of all, how do you assess the response you received from your players today? Fantastic. I'm very proud of the of them because it was a difficult situation after the defeat against Arsenal. Yeah. Back to winning ways. Um, some interesting changes, Robbie mm. Earl. And uh, Memphis out of the side. Correct. Martial played to the left. Rooney mm. as a striker. And a Herrera. Snidling in midfield. It, it was hard for me to look at all the games at 10 o'clock. I know you... you I saw you, a bit of this, yeah. yeah. So tell us, how did all that go? Like the balance. Martial looks like he's a lot more comfortable out there. He played there for the French uh, national team. So he can play on that left-hand side. We saw him playing for Monaco in that position. So it looked like he had a nice balance. He, he understands when to come in and be a second centre forward. And a Herrera Rob brings a brings an energy to this team. Mm. He can drive forward. He can, he can disrupt that, that defensive setup by making runs in the side of Rooney. Uh, Snidling, I thought he, his mobility across the pitch is important. His passing range. I just thought the balance of the team look, looked better. And I'm not saying that Memphis isn't a great player and isn't going to go on to be a great fl- player for Manchester United. But right now, his head hasn't been right. He's had the disappointment of his national team not qualifying for the European Championships. Yes, his United League form certainly hasn't been great. And I just thought it was a little message to people like him that, that, that with the team that played today. Morgan Schneiderlin, I think, has to be, for me, the first name on the team sheet in that centre midfield. He didn't play in the big game against Arsenal. I thought it was a big mistake. I still worry about Martial on the left-hand side when you're asking him to run up and down. A couple of times mm-hmm. I watched the game and he looked like he was a bit unsure about working uh, back and up and well, down that yeah. line. And Wayne Rooney scored today, yeah, uh, Rob. Important. But... but did he look the part as a number nine? I think he's struggling, by the way. I, I think we keep yeah. waiting for him, and he, he looks a different player now. A lot of edge out of his game. Was it? Was any? There seems to be a lot of talk now, as though yeah, maybe you know, is it the the same Wayne Rooney? Is he going to have to sort of develop his game a different way as he gets a little bit older? He still looks sharp enough, Rob. He took his goal well. He, he had a couple of threats. I mean, Everton were poor. Let, let, let's just make no bones about it. They they didn't really turn up at all today, Everton. But. I, I thought the balance of the team looked right, Robin, and I've mm. not always seen that with Manchester United, you know, the, between the attack and defence. Jones and Smalling looked look a solid combination, which I think is, is important for United. Rojo at left-back, I think, can grow into that position and maybe work with the likes of, of Martial or, or 
It's Memphis on that left-hand side. So encouraging signs for, for Manchester United today and the kind of response that Louis van Gaal would have wanted after that poor uh, defeat against Arsenal. And now they've got Champions League midweek mm. and then they look forward to a big, big game next weekend at home to Manchester City. Yeah, the games are coming thick and fast for the big boys. Uh, more Champions League and European football during the week. We'll be back after the break. We're going to talk a little bit more about the games coming up. Massive games upcoming and Manchester City winning 5-1. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Two Robbies Football Show here on NBC Sports Radio and on NBCSportsRadio.com. My favourites to win the Barkers Premier League, Manchester City, super impressive today. 5-1, no Aguero, no David Silva, no problem for City. Raheem Sterling, Robbie Earl, that mm. we've kind of disagreed a little bit about how good yep. he is and the price and what he's going to do for Manchester City. Stepped up today, some easy goals and some good goals. What do you think today of that performance? Well, the hat-trick's important for him. I think um, we talked about it before, didn't we? That he's still a young kid, and it's a huge move. And going into a dressing room full of top-class international players, sometimes you can feel have a little bit of an inferiority complex. And I just wonder if that's a little bit the case with, with Sterling, but he, he's coming to a little bit of form. No no kind of coincidence with, with Aguero not around. He probably feels he can take on a little bit more of a role, play a little bit more central. His second finish, Rob, was outstanding where yeah, he's come really inside. Good. He's put a couple of players on the backside and scored, kept his composure. Uh, and if, listen, if this kid adds goals to his all-round game, now we're talking about top quality. And um, I, I thought it was important for him and for, for, for Wilford Bonney as well, who I don't think Manchester City fans have, have seen the, the best of him since he's moved from Swansea. Another who apparently has had a, a few problems um, with his training regime earlier. They're talking about he had a little bit of malaria or something, possibly it wasn't quite fully fit, but looks to be something like the Bonnie we saw at Swansea who can be devastating with his power. He's got a good touch for, for, for a big guy and, and can finish. So especially while Aguero's out, Manchester City, need the, the likes of Sterling and Bonnie to, to, to step up and, and they did it today. Tell you what mate, when you look at the uh, the options that they've got, uh, it's just Navas his pace, Kevin De Bruyne I think is a, a brilliant player, I really do I just think they're going to take some stopping if you, of what we've seen so far anything to suggest that they won't win the Premier League this season for you? Um, I still think they, ha- they can have that kind of um, Lack of concentration defensively. Um, I, I still think there's that little edge to them, whether it's away from home, whether they, they just don't quite get at the races, where there's a little bit of a, oh, we're good players, we, we'll outscore you. Well, I like that when they keep clean sheets. I like when there's that discipline amongst this group. I like when the team are committed to, to the focus. But in terms of pure ability, in pure terms of talent, where they sit right now, they've got to be favourites to, to win the Barclays Premier League. But the likes of Arsenal, Manchester United will still be chasing and, and still be looking to close that gap. Let's have a cheeky little look forward, Rob. We've got some mm. massive games next weekend. Manchester United versus Manchester City. We were oh. lucky enough last season to yeah. be there to experience mm. it and I, I, I couldn't believe the atmosphere, the noise mm. and how that place was bouncing and United played so well. What do you think of that game? Bouncing even more this time around, Rob. You, you look at the league, Manchester United, if mm. they win, can go top of the league. Uh, wasn't the, the case um, last time around. Uh, you know, two teams who were, who were coming into a bit of form will both have played midweek Champions League games, which may have an effect on teams and, and the personnel. Who, who wins it for you? Um, right now, I would say 
Manchester United Whoa, might see themselves you? as favourites. Oh, might I, I, just I, see I, themselves as favourites. Well, yeah, at I, home, Rob. Yeah, I get it, but I, I just think City. I think City might edge it. Just quickly look ahead of the games uh, mm. over the next couple of days. Steve McLaren, some cr- crazy comments <laughs> I thought about. <laughs> They've just had an extended preseason. Their season yeah. starts now. Newcastle versus Norwich Sunday. Have to win, Rob. Have to win or it's practice starts to fall on him. They've got to beat Norwich. And then we go Monday, Swansea versus Stoke. Swansea haven't started the season as well as they would like. Stoke probably similar. Probably just go Swansea to, to nick that one for me. Yeah, I think an away win. I think Norwich will go there and win. And unlike you, I think Swansea City will win on Monday. Well, as ever, mate, we've run out of 60 minutes all Premier League talk and action. But don't forget to subscribe to iTunes to be able to download the Two Robbies radio shows and the Two Robbies podcast each week. Now time for us to hand out our awards, as sponsored by worldsoccertalk.com. Two Robbies mugs go to Tom from New York for call of the day. And the tweet of the day goes to Sean at American Red 13. Make sure you direct message your address and we'll pop them to you in the post. And remember, men in blazers will no doubt have a... Clock watch for you on Monday, 11 p.m. Eastern time on NBCSN. Everybody stay tuned. The Jason Page show is up next. And thanks, everybody, for the calls, your tweets, and having your say on the beautiful game. We'll be back next Saturday, 5 p.m. Eastern time, to go through all the major talking points of this amazing league. Until then, it's good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good night. Good night. Keeping it simple is usually a good thing. And when it comes to rewards programs, keeping it simple is always a good thing. That's why we made the Napa Rewards program effortless. All you need is your phone number to start saving on the parts and tools you need. Then we automatically give you $5 off your next purchase for every 100 you spend. So start saving today with Napa Rewards. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.